I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, uh, cameras rolling? Yes, shall we start 2022? Let's do it. Wrong button. Uh, This one. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. Welcome along to Season 5, Episode 1 of the MLS UK Show. I'm Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. And why is it that that intro is always still so accurate? We'll never, ever need to change it. What the relegation mean? thing oh. is just haunting me. Speak for yourselves. Bolton aren't getting relegated this year. I, I, you never know. Bolton are winning some matches. We could get promoted. And next year, we'll be back having the MLS UK show derby because you ain't staying up. Can we just, before we get depressing about the whole relegation thing, the scorpion kick. Can we can we just appreciate Josh Sargent? Josh Sargent, what, what a goal! It was a great goal. I'm glad uh, because new listeners to the podcast may have uh, felt that they've gone onto the wrong podcast. We will talk about MLS. We are here for MLS, <laughs> and this is a good link into US soccer. So but thank USA, you, USA, USA. Uh, yeah, Josh Sargent. I mean, it's the only thing he's done for Norwich. Uh, really. <laughs> Come on! But it was a good goal. I'll give him that. I uh, I will defend Josh Sargent not just because he's from the uh, United States of America, but I will defend Josh Sargent to the hill. He he works so hard. He's the hardest working guy on the team. Hundred percent. I lo- like fans love it, don't they? You love you love someone who's just yeah. running around, pressing, working hard. He deserved those goals. I just wish he'd score a few more. Yeah, well, uh, he'll be the hardest uh, working player in FC Cincinnati's team next week, uh, next year. So I should say, once you go down, and he comes back to uh, the US. But uh, this is what we're here to talk about. MLS is back this weekend. It's it feels like it's been five minutes since we were last here. New York City had just won MLS Cup. 
Cut to six weeks later, we're back, ready for a new season. Yeah, and it's earlier this year as well, of course, um, because we're actually going to try and spread the games out a bit rather than just playing five games a week. Um, and I was just thinking back, season season four, episode one, this time last year, we were stood here, had my new Orlando shirt on. Yeah. Um, kits have only just come out. Yeah, well, this is the thing is that when we're recording this, we haven't had enough time for Poppy to look at them and review them. So Poppy's kit reviews will be back. The first one is Mrs. Hewitt. Uh, that'll be uh, next episode. I mean, you never know. Being married, she might change her mind on a few things. She might she might like green kits this time. She won't agree with you because that's not what marriage is about. No, no. So uh, Atlanta fans, don't bother listening because I'm sure she'll <laughs> find a way uh, to, uh, to say our kit is rubbish. But uh, no, we're welcome back to season five. Thank you very much for, uh, for being with us. I hope you enjoyed the stoppage time episodes we've been putting out. We'll continue to do that every other week in the season where we talk about the latest news in MLS. So uh, you can watch them on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search MLS UK Show. Subscribe, like while you're there. Uh, click on the notification bell. And of course, on your podcast provider, just search MLS UK Show. Uh, but if you're listening to us on your podcast provider, you've already done that. So if you've got more than one podcast provider, have a listen on there too. Listen in, you know, I don't mind, all running at the same time. We need the help. <laughs> Imagine 20 years ago listening to whatever you just said. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Um, so uh, there's going to be a few changes to the MLS UK show this year. Yeah, Orlando aren't going to make the playoffs this time. Don't worry, guys. Um, some things can always stay the same, though. Game with a change in name, anyone? I wouldn't have it any other oh, way. I've got a good one for you today. I had to check my list. Uh, Nathan Green, one of our listeners, uh, made a list for me of all the players that we've done so that I don't keep repeating the same ones like that did start to happen. <laughs> um, I couldn't believe that we've never done this one. Okay. So they started their career. Oh, I don't know which ones to tell you because it's going to be easy. Um, they started their career in the Premier League. Right. In London. Okay, what year? 1999. Ah, right, okay. Right. Do you want an early guess? Do you want to go wild with an early guess? An early guess? Who's, who's in the Premier League? No nice. one's judging, just... just. Was it a Charlton player? No. No, right, that was my wild guess. Did he Did he play for Arsenal? Yes. All right, okay, carry on, let's see where he went. Also played for Crystal Palace. I'm going to omit the team that he's made the most appearances for. Uh, and he moved to MLS in 2016 mm. and played for LA Galaxy. Right. 89 appearances for LA Galaxy. I feel I know. I think you've given me a bit of an easy one to start off with here mm-hmm. um, because I think that player, the Crystal Palace, was on loan. It was on loan. There you go. I know who it is. If you know who it is, then get in touch. Tweet us at MLS UK Show. Get in touch on Instagram as well. Or uh, if you're watching on YouTube, put it in the comments. There will be a timestamp. We will know if you go to the end of the episode, find out who it is, and then come back. Be honest with us. Let us know if you think you know. But I, uh, I'm i pretty confident that I'm going to start one for one this year. Where did they go after LA Galaxy? Oh, did they go... We're recording this in Derby. Did they go close to here? Yes. Yes, I know it is. <laughs> uh, right, let us know if you know as well. We're going to be talking about MLS. This is our preview episode of a brand new season that starts this weekend. We're also going to be joined later on by Chris Smith from 90th Minute Football. He's going to be giving us the update, uh, helping us learn more about Charlotte FC. But before that, like every episode, we're going to hear from our sponsors. 
The MLS UK Show. Yes, of course, another season of the MLS UK Show would not be possible without our friends at Soccer90.com. Thank you for joining us for another season. Uh, We really appreciate your support. And of course, if you head to their website right now, you can get yourself kitted out with all the latest MLS merch. Yes, the kits will be there very soon. If you're not there right now, depending when you're watching this. But whenever you're watching this, if you uh, go to Soccer90.com, get yourself some new GAMS. And when you're in the checkout, yeah, I said GAMS. When you're at the checkout, if you type in MLS UK in the discount code, you get a massive 20% off as well. Uh, just to translate for those watching abroad, GAMS, uh, he means uniforms. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. So MLS is back for 2022 and it's time to have a look at some of the trades and who we feel will be making moves this year on the pitch. Uh, let's start with the East because we're going to speak to Chris Smith uh, in a moment. So let's, uh, with Charlotte being in the East, let's yep. start with the East, run up to it. And go on, new season. If you've not listened to the podcast before, you might not know that Elliot's a big Orlando fan. I'm a big Atlanta fan. And because I've introduced this segment, I will grow to you and talk about Orlando. Oh, good. Let's talk about the trades out, first of all. You're starting the season without DK, Mueller and Nanny. Uh, three big names there. Mm. You, uh, how you? I tell you what, before we talk about the trades in, how are you feeling heading into this year? <laughs> I was fine as you just made me, you just <laughs> reminded me we've lost Nanny, Mueller and DK. Uh, three of my all-time favourite Orlando City players, if I'm honest with you. Well, you've not had many to choose from, let's face it. No, I love Dom Dwight. Oh, no, wait. No, I didn't love Dom Dwight. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think it automatically puts pressure on the front office. When you lose you knew they knew they were going to lose DK and I presume there was always a plan with Torres who's coming in um who they claim they've been after for about 6 months. Um so that deal's been on and off, but I think the nanny not renewing nanny's contract, um letting honoring Mueller's request to to leave it does put pressure on. You have to replace these players. Yeah. Um, Mueller played a bit part through last season because they knew he was leaving. Um, Nanny captained the side week in, week out. So that's a big loss. Um, but I've, I'm just hearing so much good stuff about Fernando Torres. It's really difficult. We're so used to knowing the players that are joining these teams. So Rooney joins DC. Everyone's yeah. phoning us up. Like, Can you come on our podcast and talk about all, all these players that have moved over? We know we know them inside out. When they're coming from teams in Uruguay and Argentina and Brazil, we don't know these players. It's an unknown quantity for us. Um, and I know a lot of MLS fans don't know a lot about these players that arrive arriving for big money as well. Um, what I do know is that in the in pretty much his first couple of touches for Orlando City uh, Torres was making things happen um, played in Juan who set up a goal for uh, Robin Jansen so I was very pleased to see that yeah we did ask the uh, presenters of the MLS Argentina show to get uh, <laughs> to come on but I don't think they had Google Translate to uh, translate our email um, but no seriously though the uh, you know it's, it, Torres coming in obviously you're looking at DK and Nani and Mueller going out for the attacking players Torres is going to be seen as the player that is going to hopefully push you forward. Uh, it's Perea's, what, second full season or third season in charge. Um, is this a, how big is this season for him? Basing, you know, you've, you've had two years in the playoffs. Mm. You would argue that you should have done a lot better in those playoffs. Yeah. So what's the aims for this season? What would be uh, a good season for Orlando? I don't think there can be excuses in terms of the players out. Um, I know we've mentioned it and we've said, oh, it's a shame that they've lost Mueller and Nani and DK, but 
DK was always going to go. They have to use that money wisely. We'll find out if they have. It's going to be, you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding. Um, but I think you ha- you have to make the playoffs. When you're able to invest that amount of money into the squad, you have to make the playoffs. Well, there's going to be a lot of teams that are saying that themselves. One of them is Atlanta United. Let's talk about my boys. Uh, uh, Thiago Almeida came in last week. There's a lot of talk around this, obviously, uh, a bit of controversy with it. But MLS and Atlanta have said they've looked into it. They're happy with it. So uh, I guess you've got to trust them with that. Uh, $16 million is the latest South Americans are coming at Atlanta. And I've got to say, I was impressed with what Gonzalo Pineda did last season. I like the way we're playing at home. I like the high tempo, counter-attacking football. Turn things around. He did. And, uh, you know, apart from a uh, a crazy 10 minutes at the start of the second half in the New York City FC uh, playoff game, I was quite impressed with what he did. So I'm looking forward to Atlanta this year. I'm looking forward to see how we can progress, you know, how the new players coming in. Uh, I mean, they've brought in uh, even the likes of uh, Osvaldo Alonso, that MLS experience. He's I was going to say, that was a- going to be my next point. We're going to set the ding off but uh, we have to mention MLS experience and I feel like that's what Atlanta have been lacking Ozzy Alonso comes in yeah well he's going to add a bit of bite to the midfield so I'm looking forward to that I'm excited to see how he will uh, he will play because I think since you know I, I know Nagbe he wasn't the type of player that's going to add the bite he's not the type of player that's going to um, put intimidate the, uh, the opposition but I think Alonso will do that and add a bit of grit that I feel Atlanta have been missing especially in the last two years Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that he turned things around last season is an indication that they're going to be a force this year. Um, I like some of the moves. One thing that I wanted to bring up, Alec Can leaving, Mm. I really rate him. I was listening to Doug uh, Robertson's podcast last week and he was saying that Atlanta have got 32 players in a roster that's only 30, so they need to get rid of players. Which then surprised me, seeing that Don Dwyer's been training with them. (laughs) I can't wait to get onto this. Um, yeah, uh, Don Dwyer, do I think he's going to challenge the front three for position? Yes. No, no I don't. Get Joseph off. <laughs> Never heard of him. Do I think he's going to come off the bench and make an impact going off the last few years? No, no I don't. So uh, get, a, get a few red cards. Yeah, I, I think he's, if, if they're serious about looking at him and it's not just, you know, like training with them, then uh, he must, I don't think he's he's asking for that much money, but we'll see. I mean, it could be a greater comeback than Lazarus. We never know. There's every chance that you're listening to or watching this podcast now, um, now that we've released it, there's every chance that Dom Dwyer has been cut from the Atlanta United roster. I don't think anyone would argue with it. I think nice, nice of them to let him train with them. <laughs> um, but there's a slight, ever so slight possibility that he may stay and make the cut he may be on that final roster for Atlanta United. If that's the case, <laughs> oh, if you're watching this and you're listening to this and Dom Dwyer is an Atlanta United player officially, please just accept how happy this makes me. It's hilarious. Uh, it'd be uh, almost <laughs> as funny as what it would be if he then scored against Orlando. That's the most unlikely thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on from Orlando and Atlanta. There'll be plenty of Orlando-Atlanta chat over the course of a season. Um, we're going to stick with the East, of course. Uh, let's. Uh, I tell you what, let's go to uh, our reigning supporter Shield champions, New England Revolution. They've been busy in the close season. Uh, they've had the likes of Josie Altidore, Sebastian Legette, which seems ages ago now. We spoke yeah. about that at the end of last season. Uh, Omar Gonzalez, as well, has come in from Toronto. Um, uh, we trades out, including Matt Turner. 
to Arsenal, uh, which of course is going to happen in the summer. Yeah. Uh, Teal Bunbury has gone to Nashville and uh, Caldwell's left as well. So uh, what do you think about that? Because there's some experience going out there. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of outgoings. We've talked about it. If you haven't listened to our uh, stoppage time podcasts in preseason, go and check those out. We've we've discussed a lot of the trades in and out. Um, what I'm interested in is it's left quite a gap for me. There's a lot of DP slots still open at this quite late stage. Yeah, well, you look at the likes of New England, and of course they've still got their three DPs and they're very strong. You look at the likes of Colorado, Colorado. Rapids, for <laughs> example, who have got none, <laughs> and you think, guys, the season's starting this weekend. Are you sure you're ready for this? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's opened up, um, you know, a lot of spaces, and it's opened up... Um, well, we'll talk about Colorado in particular later on in the show, but it has opened up... A, I think there's a lot of teams that will be looking and going, I don't think we're ready for the start of the season yet. One thing I will say that does excite me, though, is how many Cade Cows are there that are waiting? Yeah. Because this time last year, I couldn't have told you much about him. No. And, and I think these gaps that open up with, with players leaving, it's not really happened before. We've never seen this amount of... You know, it was the best outgoing best transfer window for outgoings MLS has ever had it yeah. beat the transfer window where uh Miggy left um amongst others and I think it's going to provide opportunities for players that let's be honest they're, they're good enough we've seen it youngsters have come in they've they've taken their chances and within months not years months teams in Europe are after them so it's going to provide opportunities that's what's going to be exciting about this season yeah well we've joked about the retirement league kind of uh, tag being ended and I think this is you're right I think the the more teams are looking at the uh, youth players that are coming in obviously MLS uh, NXT is going to uh, or next I should say uh, is um, is going to add to this in the next few years and I think a lot of teams are looking and going wait a minute we can make a lot of money from these players who can go to Europe and then we can reinvest that in different areas. You look at the uh, you know the teams that have, have made money this close season and they've most of them like Dallas for example with the Pepe stuff have reinvested it mm. and they've uh, they you would argue that they've become a lot stronger because of that. So uh, yeah that is that is intriguing really. I mean New England Revolution to go back to them. Of course they've still got their free DPs, uh, they're going at it from the traditional route of having more experienced players. What do you think about Josie Altador coming in? Interesting, this isn't it? Because mm. it, it was speculate. There was a lot of speculation about his future at Toronto. We've heard, we've talked about on on stoppage time on a previous podcast how Bob Bradley arrived at Toronto FC and he was really unimpressed with the attitude of some of the players. We don't know if Josie's in, involved in that. We can't cast aspersions, but I I feel like this could be a really good fresh start for him at New England Revolution. Toronto um, cancelled his contract, terminated his contract, and he became a free agent. And I feel like it would have been one of those situations where he's already on the phone going, Toronto are about to co- yeah, like yeah. To, to make my contract void. Pick up the phone immediately as in the next 10 minutes. Um, so it was a pretty smooth transition, but I'm sure it was all handled um, very professionally. New England were ready to swoop. And I, li- I like the move. I think he provides you something off the bench, definitely. Yeah, I liked what New England Revolution have done, to be honest. And you look at the, the trades that have gone out. Obviously, Matt Turner, you can't do anything about. When Arsenal come calling, he's going to sign for yeah. them. Uh, Teal Bunbury is a very good player in MLS. But, you know, I think the move to Nashville, he's actually good for all parties. And I'm excited to see how that's going to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm actually excited about New England. And I think, whereas we have said before, that teams tend to do well in MLS and then the next season they'll drop off. Mm. 
I actually see New England with Bruce Arena continuing where they left off. And okay, it didn't go well in the playoffs for them, but over the course of a season, they well, they had the best season of any team in regular season history. I can see that continuing. So I think there's a lot to be excited about for New England this year. If you move then to New York City FC, our MLS Cup reigning champions, um, They've had James Sands go out. They've had uh, Jesus Medina go out. Tajori Shradi as well. Incoming Thiago Martins from Yokohama. Um, we spoke about this on Stoppage Time, how Tati Castellanos is still there. Mm. We are recording this. By the time the season starts, it might be a different story. But uh, similar might to... Might replace him with Dom Dwyer. <laughs> well, he is available. <laughs> um, how would... Do you feel the same, like we said there with New England, that they're, they're going to continue where they are? Do you see the same with New York City FC? It's not been a busy window, has it? For no. them, let's be honest. The, the players that have come in have been... Uh, draft picks, uh, academy um, academy players that have been offered contracts. Uh, so apart from Martins, there's there's not been a lot of activity. If you keep Castellanos, that's fine. Um, if you can keep your squad together, keep your roster together, that's absolutely fine. I do, I like to see activity in MLS because I think everyone's all everyone else is always very busy. Mm. So if you've if you've won MLS Cup, it's it's fine to say, well, we've got the best squad. But everyone else is always working at improving, offloading some deadwood, bringing in some new exciting talent. So I, I would have liked to see a bit more. Yeah, I I get that. I think I, I do have a sense though that the and I know we joked about it the season coming around pretty quickly, but I do have a sense that a lot of teams haven't had a chance to do the business yet. You know, and there's there's quite a few players in the league that are leaving in the summer yeah. and vice versa. So I think that this start of a season is going to be kind of same old, same old. It won't be until we get to the summer or approaching the summer when you'll start to see big moves from certain teams. Um, continuing in the uh, in the east and moving over to Toronto, you could argue that they have been the busiest side this close season. Of course, Bob Bradley's come in as head coach. Um, you know, we spoke on stoppage time about Insignia coming yeah. in from Napoli. It's a great site. You can't underestimate how big it is for MLS. Well, I was going to say that, you know, I don't mind carrying on that conversation because <laughs> it is that big. Um, he's coming in, in in the summer. Just how, if, if you look at past DPs, what are the impacts do you think that uh, he could make on Toronto and the league as well? Compared to previous ones? Yeah, like, is it, are we looking at more like a David Villa kind of impact or could it be like a Rooney impact? I think it's Rooney level. I do. I think um, forgetting Beckham's off-field brand yeah. that he brought, I think there really is a, a level comparison between what Beckham brought in terms of ability at that stage of his career and where Rooney was... Uh, and where Insigne is, I I really think it's that level. I really do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he's a top, top player. And uh, maybe in this country, in the UK, that we don't really appreciate him as much because we've got the Premier League mm. and we see, we don't, you know, Serie A, we do watch quite a lot, but we don't see it as much. Napoli are not exactly a side who are in the Champions League at the moment. But I think going off the last few years, him him playing alongside Mertens for Napoli, they've been a very good team. They've been attacking, they've been fast-paced. He's been so exciting to watch. And if he can bring that to Toronto and under Bob Bradley, like we saw the impact Bruce Arena had on New England Revolution, Bob Bradley going into Toronto, uh, joining his son, um, I, I think he could have a similar impact. I think this could be a really big season for Toronto, if not this year, definitely next year. 
Yeah, I don't know how long he's going to need. I don't know how happy he is because he's obviously very hands-on with this Toronto FC roster. He's making the moves. So um, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to to get his complete vision, um, how long it's going to take for him to bin his son off. <laughs> it's an awkward situation. It's an awkward it? conversation. He's getting older yeah. and older and he's still going to be in that midfield. Well, well my dad's in charge, so uh, <laughs> but Michael, you're 55. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Uh, I think it's going to remain to be... They'll be a lot better. You can't be worse than last season. Bob Bradley's not going to allow that. Um, but let's be fair, he's made good moves so far. He has, yeah. Um, I mean, we're not going to go into details too much about all the teams because we will be here all day. But, um, you know, if your team doesn't get much of a mention, just bear in mind that this time last year, I don't think we were talking much about New England Revolution and no. especially not Colorado Rapids. So maybe I was too busy telling you Austin we're going to make the playoffs. Exactly, yeah. So maybe <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, we aren't going into too much detail. But um, Chicago Fire, we've spoke about their incomings on stoppage time. We spoke about Shakiri and Shabilko coming in. Big players could have a massive impact on what they're doing, especially going forward. Uh, you're looking at some of the experience that have gone out. Uh, Beric's gone to SKC, Calvo's gone to San Jose, and Shuttleworth's gone to Atlanta. Is that a little bit of a worry for Chicago that that experience is going out? Or is it, with respect to these guys, getting rid of of the deadwood? The levels, the levels they've brought in versus what they've let go is... Yeah, complete. I don't think there's a problem with with their outgoings. Um, with respect to you, you guys taking the shuttle, work, <laughs> um, I don't think they're they're losing sleep over that. I think bringing in the likes of Shabilko, who's one of the best, most clinical strikers in in MLS, bringing in Jordan Shakiri, he's a massive name from Lyon. Um, got Premier League experience, won the Premier League, won the Champions League with Liverpool. Guys, a baller. Chicago Fire, are ballers now. What's happened? Into Miami. Let's just talk about them. They've brought in uh, DeAndre Yedlin, big player, especially in the US. Uh, they've also brought in Robert Taylor, for, who is a Finnish international, with probably the most English name uh, <laughs> ever, or at least a Scottish name with Robert, um, playing for Finland. But uh, they've also got Mo Adams from Atlanta coming in. So, um, you know, how do you rate what they've done? It's another one of those ones where it's difficult to assess, isn't it? It's always been so difficult to assess where into Miami are at. Mm. Um, I've been really interested to see, um, obviously we follow Mo Adams. He's from the UK, he's from the Midlands. Been on the show. He's been on the show. Big fan of the show, aren't you, Mo? Um, and I follow him on TikTok and he's been posting some really interesting um, behind the scenes content, um, a day in the life of. So that's yeah. really good. You should go and check that out. Um, but yeah, for me... There's really good parts of this. DeAndre Yedlin is is a great signing. There's unknown quantities. Players coming in from Wolves, for example. We know Lassiter from Houston Dynamo. But again, it just feels like that unknown quantity. And we don't really know where they're going to be. I keep on asking you this question of what far into Miami this year. You said there that we don't know what they're going to be. But when you look at the the brand behind into Miami, no doubt they are the most... They are the most watched team, or definitely one of the most watched teams in MLS, based on the fact that they've got the Beckham link in this country, they've got the Phil Neville link, and a few um, you know English players there. They've really struggled so far. Now this year they've been penalised based on on previous years and having extra DPs and stuff. Um, what do you think? Is this a, is this a season where they could surprise us, or should we be looking into Miami as being well? They're going to be ten for eleven, twelve. If they're going to make the playoffs and do well, I think it will surprise us. I think you have to admit that they're not your one of your favourites to make the playoffs. I, th- I think this glamorous brand that they've built is not 
it, it's it's not conducive to what's happening on the on the pitch. The players that have been brought in have been some of the DPs have been good, some of them not so much. They've got themselves in a right mess in that situation. But there's there's teams that are bringing in much better players. Mm. Chicago have got brought in. Uh, I would say they've got a more glamorous DP lineup than than Miami have in terms of ability on the football field. And I I just don't know where we where we stand. I want it to work for Beckham. I do. Well, I think it's it's big on how Higuain does. If he has his head screwed on, if he's not walking. Uh, around the pitch like we have seen him previously, then they could do very well. He's proven that he can score goals at this level. However, it all depends on whether he wants to do it. And I think that is a big part of Inter Miami this year. Because if he doesn't, if he's, you know, I, I know it comes hand in hand. If Miami are doing well, then he's going to be interested and vice versa. But it's, I don't know, if he, if he doesn't show it at the start of a season, then it's not going to happen for him. It's not going to happen for Miami and they're going to have a, another season of nothing. Um, let's talk about DC quickly because they've, uh, you know, they've had a lot of players leave them this close season. Uh, Felipe, Yardi Reina, Joseph Mora, Yamil Assad, Paul Ariola, Kevin Paredes, uh, Eric Saga. You know, these these players that were they've they've had a real kind of uh, outgoing of players that were playing for them. They did well last year. They did better than what we expected under Lasada. Well, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but we didn't expect much from them. But this year, I've got to say, even though they've brought in a few players, I'm expecting not very much from them. I'm worried about DC. Yeah. And I know looking at social media, I know the fans are worried as well. I don't, I'm not looking at that list of players they've brought in and I'm not thinking, well, I am thinking, I don't know where the quality is coming from. Um, I'm, I'm, I've always bemused by the decisions. I just feel like they never quite have enough on the roster. And it, this seems potentially worse than we've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, that period just after Wayne Rooney came in and just before Wayne Rooney came in was was pretty grim. So uh, that we were excited for Kamara replacing Rooney, but you know that that sort of yeah. didn't. Yeah, I'm not looking at it filled with optimism. I'll be honest. Uh, so elsewhere, Philadelphia, um, you know, Shabilko, Alvis Powell, uh, Montiero's gone out. Uh, they've had players come in, and you, but with Jim Curtin there, you do expect that they should be okay. He knows those youngsters as well. He know yeah. you know he's going to bring youngsters through. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Paxton Aronson, you look at, at Jack McGlynn. He's a great. He's a proven that they they can do it at this level. And then this year, I feel not in this, not in a. It's a similar way, but not as as going to be as successful as when Man United with the class of '92 when the Fergie put. Um, you know, all those youth players like Beckham and Giggs coming in, it's kind of similar that it is just, right, these players are ready now, so I'm going to play them. And uh, Shabilko, Powell and Montiero can go and it's not going to make that much of an impact. Henry Hewitt just compared Philadelphia Union to Manchester United's class of 92. Yeah, uh, so they're the going to win the treble um, and somehow the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> yeah. They'll be that good that they'll be introduced into the UEFA Champions League. So rounding off then, let's have a look at the C's. CF Montreal, FC Cincinnati and Columbus. Uh, Cincinnati, I don't don't think they've done enough. I don't think they've done what they needed to do this close season. They needed a a rebuild. But do they? Can't keep doing it though. How how many rebuilds can you have? They've got to do something. I saw a post from uh, from Brenner uh, on Instagram, and I sort of looked for his profile, and it looks like he doesn't really know what's what's what and or where he wants to be playing his football. And I'm looking at the players they've brought in, and I'm thinking, 
doesn't look any better than what they had before. I like the the trade for Alec Khan, as I mentioned earlier. I think he's quality, but he's not going to save them, literally. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know with Cincinnati anymore. Wow. Uh, I think we, in terms for me, if you look at Cincinnati, Montreal and Columbus, you've got Cincinnati I don't expect nothing from. Montreal I'm intrigued by because I thought we did okay last year, so it's about building on that. Can they do it again? I, I don't know. They could easily finish bottom. They could easily finish uh, in the top four, in my opinion. Um, and then you've got Columbus that I do expect quite a lot from. I know they've 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 brought in a couple of players from abroad. They've not brought in. They've not made drastic changes. But I think with Caleb Porter there, with the players they've already got, with a new stadium. I think that they'll be fine and I think they'll show much, much more this year. I think they underperformed last year, so you're just looking for him to get more out of that same group. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. Uh, right, and the last C team that we've not mentioned is Charlotte FC. They're welcoming into the league this year. We're excited to have them there. There's so much hype around the stadium and about, uh, you know, even the kits. The kits are so good. They're the kits that we have seen and they look so good. Uh, but we can't, I mean, we, we know a certain amount about Charlotte, but a man who knows a lot about Charlotte and we caught up with him is uh, Chris Smith from 90th Minute Football. The MLS UK Show. So Charlotte FC will become the latest franchise to join the league this weekend when they face DC in their opening game. Uh, to learn more about them and find out how things are going headed into that game, I'm delighted to say we're joined by 90 Min uh, writer and all-round MLS guru, Chris Smith is on the MLS UK Show. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, I'm great and... Uh... It's great to finally be on with some fellow English people covering MLS. <laughs> Chris, welcome to the MLS UK show. Um, great to speak to you. I feel like we've been following your uh, your tweets for a long, long time. Uh, really, really pleased to see how well it's going for you. Um, and excited to talk about MLS because it's back this weekend. Finally. It seems, I know it is only December, but it just seems like so much longer, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we say this on the podcast. It feels like it was five minutes ago, yet it also feels like it was five years ago. Yeah, that's it. But at least we've all got something to point our weekends at again now, haven't we? So <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, so you're here to talk about Charlotte. You've been um, you've been prepping up on Charlotte over the close season. What are we going to bring to the league? What should we get excited about? Yeah, well, first off, I mean, it's always exciting just to get a new club. I think it's something that's unique to MLS, where we don't know really what we're going to expect fully. I know I'm on to try and talk about that and and give people an idea, but. It, it's a unique thing in American sports where a brand new team will come out of nowhere and they've got the chance now to create an identity from the off. Um, I know that they're, they're going for that attendance record on the first home game, which is going to be something that will be incredible to witness if they pull it off. I know they've already sold 65,000 tickets for that game, so that's going to be a hell of a spectacle. Um, and really, it's just this first year is about forging connection with the supporters and trying to forge an identity on the pitch as well, as much as that's difficult for an expansion team. And we'll get into it, an expansion team that struggled getting the big signings in. But yeah, I think I think just excitement around the level of support they're going to get. And I think they're trying to rival Atlanta United in that respect. So definitely looking forward to seeing how that pans out. Do you think it's maybe underestimated now how difficult it is to enter MLS and have even a, a small part of success in your first season because we've seen Cincinnati and we've seen Austin struggle a little bit. Um, it's taken a little while for NYCFC to have their success. Do you think the magnitude of the the task has got bigger in the last couple of seasons? Yeah, well, I think 
I think LAFC and Atlanta United kind of ruined it for everybody else, didn't they, to an extent? And I suppose Nashville as well um, have, have done well too. But really, it, it is really tough um, because it's a group of players that have never played together before. They've barely trained together. And as well, it, it's tough to get those big signings in through the door straight away to a club that has no history. So to, to players coming in from the outside, they're, they're going to be quite nervous themselves about taking a risk on on a club that's that's never played a game before. So, yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of teams struggle and it might well be the case that Charlotte struggle as well. I just don't think the final placement in the league is really what they should be focusing about in the, in the first year. It's it's how they connect with the fans and, and what it actually looks like on the pitch. Yeah, well, we've seen Austin do that this year. They've not necessarily had a great year on the pitch, but off the pitch, you can really tell with the new stadium and uh, the way the crowd are in the matches that they really have uh, got that bond there. So uh, going into, uh, well, let's look at the LA Galaxy game. You mentioned it there. They're looking to uh, get the get the record for the attendance. Um, like, what's it been in the build up to it? Are you noticing on social media that fans are getting really excited for this, or, or are you worried that they could get the sixty five thousand for the first game and then it drop off in a few months? Um, it's split an opinion from what I've seen so far. Um, I've, I've seen some people sort of just take this first game for what it is and and hope that that will pique the interest and then people will return. Um, equally, I've heard others quite unconfident that the sort of the club have basically gone all out on this first game, but sort of that'll be it for some people. They'll just go down for the event and then they, they won't they don't actually like the sport and they won't come back against. It's dividing opinion. I think it's all down to. You know, if they win, they're obviously going to win over more fans. If they play well, it's entertaining. More fans are going to are going to come in. It's it's an important day for the club, but as you say, it's long term over the season. They've already sold over thirty thousand season tickets, so we even know that if it does drop off after week one, it's not going to drop off to sort of, you know, like Houston Dynamo twenty twenty one levels where there's like ten thousand people floating into the stadium and that's it it's not going to drop off hard and how important is that beautiful mint kit that has been released in terms of getting fans excited i want one and i have no affiliation with charlotte whatsoever yeah i'm the same definitely going to be trying to get my hands on one of those and i like the home kit as much as that's divided opinion as well a little bit some people love it some people hate it and some people have just called it a blue Arsenal kit, but personally, <laughs> personally, I really like it. Um, but when that mint one came out, it it jumped above in in my list of kits that I need to get this season. That's that's definitely coming out on top now. It's a really nice kit. So the fans seem to love it. They've they've listened to the fans and given what they wanted. One of the names that all the fans are going to want on the back of their jersey is Christian Fuchs. This guy, it feels like he's been waiting years to play his first MLS game for Charlotte. Just how involved are we going to see uh, a Premier League legend, Christian Fuchs, how involved is he going to be in this season for Charlotte? Well, he's getting on. So, you know, don't expect him to start all 34 regular season games, um, even if he's fit for all of them. But even when he's not starting, he brings so much experience and leadership to, to the group. I know from, from people around the club that I've spoken to, that seems to be as you would expect, the, the impression he's made so quickly is, is how much he can offer, even when he doesn't play. But if he can manage his minutes and stay, maybe get 25 games, he, he can play at left back, he can play in a three-man centre-back uh, sort of setup as well. He's quite versatile, so he'll play his fair share. But I think most importantly, it's, it's having a big leader in, in a dressing room that doesn't know each other. He can help pull everyone together. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that roster then. I know the head coach has recently said that 
Uh, they're a bit undercooked, let's say, and not quite where they wanted to be. Um, who were the, the main players then? Who were the guys that we should really look out for looking into this season? I think the, the strongest part of the team at the moment um, is is the spine. Uh, with, they've got the DP striker up front and Swiderski is going to have a big burden to score goals on him and he's, he's by far the, the biggest player on the roster. But looking further back, you know, you've got a, a good centre-back sort of depth chart there in, in Anton Walks who... So they've, they've gotten the expansion draft, which is incredible business and definitely at once United's lost there. Um, they've, they've got Christian McCoon next to him. Uh, Colleen is in goal and they've got the likes of um, Alan Franco in midfield. I'd nearly say Alan Franco in defence then because of Atlanta United's Alan Franco. Uh, they've got Sergio Ruiz. So right through the midfield and defence and then the actual striker, they're, they're really strong. It's just I worry about them on the wings more than anything. But if, if that spine can hold strong and they can sort of keep it tight at the back, which they mainly have done in pre-season so far, that's what's going to impress in the in the early stages. If they had to strengthen one particular area right now today and there wasn't going to be any of the problems that they've had, what's the one position you think they're a little bit light on? On the wings, 100%. Um, specifically on the right wing, uh, they've got TTRTs who can play on the left wing and has had a decent pre-season so far, but on the right wing, they're, they're desperately short of options. And uh, as far as I'm aware, that you know they're, they're still chasing DP signings, but they're probably going to come in the summer now. So for now, it's all about finding someone who's serviceable on the right and can sort of do a job um, and then and get through to the summer. But that's definitely where the weakest. Everybody who plays football manager thinks they're an expert. I appreciate it's very different. However. Um, you can't underestimate how difficult it is to build a roster. They have had a long time, though. Should they have done a better job, do you think? It's, I think it'd be a bit harsh to say that they've done a bad job because, as I mentioned before, they've, they've built a really good spine and they're, they're pretty well stacked at fullback as well. Um, it's literally, in my opinion anyway, it's just one area where they've had some bad luck, You know, where a couple of signs have fallen through. Uh, mostly through no fault of their own as well, you know, with, with unforeseen circumstances. And I suppose when so many go go wrong all at once, it's just bad luck. I don't think you can blame any individual at the club for that. And there are plans in place, as I say, to strengthen again in the summer at the moment. I think it's just putting a plaster over it, which, OK, maybe, maybe you can say with the amount of time they've had and the delay they've had coming into the league, that even that kind of disaster should be should be planned for but I mean how many times is that going to happen to a club in one window if I think it's a it's a freak one off yeah I mean uh, you know we have seen as you mentioned before with like LAFC and Atlanta have done really well and we've had other uh, expansion teams that haven't necessarily done well I'm thinking in Cincinnati uh, so it is really difficult to get that middle ground and you know Charlotte as you said before they, they not necessarily should be looking at trying to get in the playoffs this year but uh, building that bond with the fans but if we do look at Charlotte and thinking, well, can they make the playoffs this year? Um, it, on the scale of Cincinnati to LAFC and Atlanta, where would you put Charlotte in uh, in their first season? Um, and this is where I'm going to alienate everyone because I've got a lot of people around the club that I really like and uh, I seem to be getting on quite well with the fans on, on social media and I'm about to torch that, but I think they are going to be closer to Cincinnati than they are LAFC or Atlanta United. I don't think it'll be as ugly. Um, I think Miguel Angel Ramirez is a good coach and they've got, a, like I say, a good spine that they can build from. But I just don't think that they're going to 
do enough in attack to really compete for a playoff spot. I'll jump to their defence a bit because, of course, like you said, more the Cincinnati end, but Cincinnati spent a lot of money. They had a lot of players on the roster and it didn't go well. They've rebuilt, they've changed coach, they've changed coach again, they've rebuilt again, and it looks like they now need to do that again. I think Charlotte have got the advantage of not having their full roster yet, not using their DPs. If they'd filled those slots, if they'd filled you know their depth chart and then still finished bottom, you're worried. But there's the optimism for the summer, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even look at another example, not of an expansion team, but look at Toronto. They're putting all their eggs into the Insignia basket and he's not even coming till the summer. So if even if they're around between 8th and 11th come, come the time that he arrives, there's no saying they won't make a surge at the table. That's how MLS works. There's two windows for you to bring players in. So, yeah, definitely. If they get the signings right in the summer, there's there's no saying they can't surge up and then and make a bit of a jump at the playoffs. But it's that first year. Again, they're all new players. They don't really know each other. How quickly are those DPs going to adjust? You always need a bit of extra time to get used to travelling across the country. And it's such a big country as well. And MLS is just a weird league in itself. So, so much can go right and so much can go wrong. Um, as I, I don't think it'll be as ugly as Cincinnati, but I think you're looking more at the sort of bottom end of the table than, than the LAFCs and the Atlanta Uniteds in year one. So before you go, Chris, we need a prediction for this week. And as you know, on the show, we do our predictions, which are coming up later. Uh, find out what we think will happen this weekend. But what about you? DC v Charlotte, how are we going to start? DC are good. So, and... They were unlucky not to get the playoffs last year. They're, they're a really intense team. And I think they're the, they're the exact kind of team that can catch an expansion team off guard with, with how intense they are with the press and how attacking they are. So I'll be generous and say 2-0 DC United. And again, I'm just torching my relationship with all the fans now, aren't I? So. <laughs> well, I mean, Charlotte fans, you know, let's look back at the start when he said that, um, you know, the, the opening home game is going to be a, a great occasion. And let's concentrate on that rather than a perhaps difficult season on the pitch. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the MLS UK show. It's great to have you on. Finally, we've been talking for seems like years now, saying we're going to get you on. You uh, you will be on uh, more over the season, so uh, we'll see you very soon. Uh, enjoy the first weekend of MLS, and uh, well, all I can say is MLS is back. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, and let's have another good season. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt. 
MLS UK show. So there we go. Chris Smith, thank you so much for joining us uh, from 90th Minute, chatting all about Charlotte joining MLS. It feels five minutes ago since we were talking about Austin. This league yeah. moves so quickly. Um, and so does this podcast. I've got a brand new game for you. This is exciting. I love this because, unfortunately, Henry's Guide to North America, we ran out of teams. So we've got to think of a, a, some way of uh, replacing this segment. And you've done it. You've been thinking over the closed season... And you've been coming up with all sorts of games. I've got quite a few different games that we can play throughout the season, so I'm excited for that. The first one is called Hype and Type. You're going to have to explain this to me. So uh, maybe in a couple of weeks we can swap around and and you can quiz me on this. But uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. And they'll be uh, Major League Soccer related. Uh, You have to, first of all, hype yourself up and say, right, I know the answer to that. If you do... And you can answer it straight away, no help. Okay. You get five points. If you may require the services of Google, which you will for some of them. Okay. Uh, and you're like, I can do it, but I can I can get you the answer in five seconds. I'll give you three points. Yeah. And if you need a little bit longer and you need 10 seconds on Google, I'll give you one point. Got you. Right. Some questions are harder than others. Some are going to require a bit of brain power. Some you might just want to have a guess. If you want your five points, you might go, oh, I'll just risk a guess. So we'll see how you get on. Right. Okay. I'm ready. Brand new season. Brand new game. Bring it on. Play along at home as well, of course. First question. Where did Vancouver Whitecaps finish in the MLS Supporter Shield standings in 2021? Oh, okay. So uh... you can either have a guess yeah. for five points or you can refer to Google. Well, they made the playoffs and they just got in the playoffs. So I could have a, a, a guess, but... I'm gonna five seconds. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Okay, so open up a new tab. Uh, okay, and your time starts five seconds. Yep, for three points now. Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. I didn't think this through because typing <laughs> in supporter shield takes a long time. Uh, can I have an answer, please? Uh, I'm gonna go with eleventh. 12th. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to guess, you should have done that at the start. I know. Okay, question two. How many stars are visible on the previous New England Revolution badge? Oh, uh, five seconds for that one. Okay, ready? Go. Five, four, three, two, one. I need an answer. The answer is... I need an answer. Five. No, six, 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 six. <laughs> Took so long. Uh, that was more like ten seconds. I'll give it to you. Six. I'll give it to you. Uh, well done. Uh, so that's three three points on the board. Yeah. Well done. Question three: How many goals did David Beckham score for LA Galaxy with his left foot? Oh well, that's going to take ten seconds. Ten. You want ten seconds? Yeah. Ready? Go. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. It's going to take <laughs> longer. <laughs> three, two. One. Need an answer. <laughs> it's just come up with videos of his goals. No. Uh, six. It's none. Oh, right. <laughs> none. Wow. Uh, Stealing a living. Question four. How many miles from NYC is the Bank of California Stadium? <sighs> and you know this because you've mentioned it on the podcast. We have mentioned it. Um... 
Right, how long is it going to go for Google? Right, give me 10 seconds. Give 10, me 10 seconds. seconds on that, go. 10, oh, wait, nine, ready. Maps, eight, where's Maps? Seven, <laughs> I've not even got to six, Maps. Where's Maps? Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. Need an answer. 1,620. 2,800. Oh. Again, I didn't anticipate how long it would take me to, uh, first of all, find Maps on Google and then... <laughs> Type in Bank of California Stadium. Uh, okay, question five. What is the capacity of TQL Stadium and Q2 Stadium added together? Oh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess for five points. Uh, 52,000. I'll give you some leeway either okay. way. Uh, but I'm afraid... I'm not, not being that generous. Uh, it's 46,000. Oh, that's... that's... What leeway were you going to give me? About three seats. <laughs> you should, if you'd have given me 10% <laughs> either way, I'd have got that. All right, I'll give you a point for that. Fair play. Um, okay. Points. <laughs> uh, you need to, you need to uh, sort your Google skills out. I know. It, it's not necessarily my MLS uh, knowledge. It's more my Google skills. So, <laughs> uh, Okay, I, no, we'll, we'll play that again. We'll play that again sometimes. I feel I, I feel I can do better on that one. Okay. Um, one more question. Yep. Shall we talk about teams... From the West. Five seconds. Five, four, oh, um, three, uh, two, yes. <laughs> one. Okay. Do Correct. Oh, it's the first time we've heard that one. Oh, do I get three points for that? Well done. Uh, okay, Western Conference then. Uh, right, where should we start, Elliot? I'll let you uh, decide because... Um, I uh, want to talk about Seattle. Let's do it. What's the one signing I'm going to want to talk about for Seattle? My boy. Same birthday as me. Albert Rusnak. He's gone in as a DP from RSL. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I know Montiero's done it from uh, Philadelphia to San Jose, but we don't often see, I don't see enough players going from DP of one uh, club to another. Not in my opinion, anyway. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, we've talked about Seattle before, about that they are a team where it is literally you just little pieces of a jigsaw need changing. And I think this is a great sign in emphasising that. It's basically, with respect to the um, draft picks that have come in and uh, players that have come from lesser clubs or uh, organisations in the States. Um, it's the only signing they've made. Yeah. And it's all they needed. This is, this, is, this is the sort of transfer window I love. They've held on to key pieces and they've added a really, really strong um, piece to attack in Rusnak. And I'm really excited to see what he does. Salt Lake are not a bad team. No. Um, did, did well last season. Um, but he's going to have much less defensive responsibility in Seattle, which makes me really excited to see what he's going to produce. He's going to have better service. Again, it's not like he's coming from a Cincinnati, right? No. RSL, decent team. But he's still going to have better service. He's going to have more opportunities. He's going to have... His XG is going to be through the roof. And... I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Rui Diaz, Ladero, and Rusnak as a, a collective DPs. I think maybe New England could argue, but I don't think there's many other teams that have got better set of DPs. That old them. LAFC team when they first arrived. Yeah. Um, but since then, we've not seen an attack like it. Not seen a roster like it. It's stacked. Mm. Uh, speaking of LAFC, let's go over to uh, California then. Um, so LAFC have brought in a new head coach, uh, replacing Bob Bradley. Um, some of the players they've brought in, they, they have gone for the MLS experience. Look at Escobar. Escobar. How do you feel about that? Um, it's going to be weird seeing him in an LAFC shirt, to mm. be honest. I'm a bit disappointed by it, but you know, trust, trust the process. Mm. Trust the process. Uh, so Jory Stradi's also come in a favorite of the show. 
Um, Charlotte FC legend. Yes, he, he, he made an impact there on his flight from New York <laughs> City. Uh, Kellen Acosta, Kapow from Vancouver as well, Hollingshead from Dallas. So they have brought in the uh, MLS uh, experience and they've still got the likes of Vea and Rodriguez there as well. Yeah, really good, uh, really good window for, for LAFC. Um, I feel like Bob Bradley might be looking back in anger at that. He could be, yeah, but he's been very busy himself. So that game will be uh, it'll be good to watch that game. I don't think there's any, there's no heat between Bob Bradley and LAFC, of course not. But as the season progresses, yeah. I can see them both, uh, you know, imagine if that's MLS Cup. Imagine. Oh, that is tasty. Um, let's stay in LA, then LA Galaxy. Uh, we've spoke about Douglas Costa on the stoppage time episode. Yeah. They've also brought in Raheem Edwards and Kelvin Leardham as well. They've signed Costa twice as well because they've got him on loan and then they've already scheduled for July the 1st, the permanent move. So he's actually listed twice on their incomings. Imagine having two of him on your roster. That would be handy. You couldn't afford it. Into um, Miami tried. It. Yeah, that's true. Actually. <laughs> One of the tricks they had to try. Uh, yeah, they're paying for it now. Um, yeah, obviously Costa gets, gets the headlines, but uh, Raheem Edwards moving from uh, LAFC to LA Galaxy is an interesting one. Yeah, well, Raheem Edwards also at, uh, you know, obviously at Toronto as well. Um, I, I, you look at the players and uh, because of the MLS experience that both sides have brought in and LAFC and LA Galaxy, I'm really excited to see what uh, the, the two from LA will do this year. I think it was only little bits, especially for Galaxy. So the players they've brought in, I think will really make a difference. And I, I fully expect them both to be in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Galaxy... As, aside from Costa, haven't actually spent much. No. Um, they've they've got players in on a free, which again, it's all about that balance on the roster. You have to admire it. Yeah, um, Leggett leaving as well will uh, would have freed up some money there. Um, let's go to Dallas then. Um, I mean, the the biggest trade they did this uh, close season was bringing Dom Dwyer in uh, for uh, five seconds. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, but uh, seriously, though, they've got Ariola in and. Um, you know they they've uh, they brought in Nanu from Porto, so they replace him the likes of Brian Acosta, Pepe, and Hollingshead who have, have left, and they've brought in, in my opinion, some players that it's more squad. They, I feel they're a better squad this time, even though they have lost some big players. Yeah, and, and hopefully that'll help because obviously he struggled last year. Um, did have Pepe? He scored, I, th- I believe it was thirteen goals that he got for them last season. So you worry about them a little bit because I'm pretty sure they would have been bottom without his goals. Yeah. Um, so. He, Definitely, definitely an improved roster. Ariola is massive, as we know. But again, you just look at DC. Like, what are you doing? Why are you letting him go? I know. Um, well, the money's been there for Dallas quite clearly, and I think he'll be a, a top, top player for them. A real good signing. Um, the new side. If we've got a new side in the East, we've got a new side in the West. But they're not new to uh, us in MLS. Oh yeah, Nashville. Nashville have. Uh, swapped conferences they've traded this league is ridiculous they got some uh charlotte got some gam plus uh, an eastern conference it's spot like just, for nashville it's like just saying to swansea actually no you can play in wales now like yeah. you, you what what is going on uh they did so well last year we, we seem to praise them on every episode so they weren't massive changes that needed doing for nashville they've brought in sean davis from red bulls we spoke about teal bunbury as well um can is it more of the same they've they've Still got Mukhtar, so you, you'd think, think that is the case. Yeah, you're looking for another season from uh, from Hany Mukhtar, aren't you? A joy to watch. Out there with uh, Zella Ryan for, for Columbus, a joy to watch. You love it when you see Sky Sports 6.30 Saturday mm. night, you see a Columbus or you see a Nashville. It's a joy to watch them play. So, um, yeah, they were so solid last year. They were so solid. They didn't lose at home. 
Yeah. And well, they're a real force. Well, we'll see because they'll be playing some matches a lot later than what they were playing. Uh, That's maybe, true. Won't maybe, be watching them at 6.30 on I a Saturday. Know, I know, yeah. Maybe it's just a difference to us because of the times, but uh, I don't suppose it'll matter so much for Nashville. But it will be weird seeing them in that, uh, in that conference. Um, Portland losing MLS Cup finalists. Uh, Valeri's gone out, which uh, still hurts us all. We, we don't want to talk too much about that. But Blanco is definitely staying. He's signed a new contract, so that's good. Um, they've not brought in many players. David uh, Ayala's come in from Estudiantes uh, and Van Rankin from Chivas. So um, they'll be looking to build on MLS Cup uh, last year. And obviously, they want to go one better this time. Yeah, exactly. I think... They're just they're a team you just always associate with doing well, being successful, mm. being solid. Um, they could trade out five, six really good players, and we'd still go. But they, they, surely they're still destined for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of those where you look at them and you think mm, there's still uh, still a lot of talent on the roster. Um, I I uh, I have to admit I looked at David Ayala coming in and I thought it was Daniel Ayala from Nottingham Forest <laughs> and I was very underwhelmed uh, but no I think uh, I think again and you have to expect solid uh, solid performance this season from them let me read some of these names out for you so you got Austin Trusty, Kellen Acosta Cole Bassett they've all left Colorado Rapids Badgie as well has gone to Cincinnati they've brought in Brian Acosta from Dallas but I are we worried about Colorado did they set the bar too high last year I'm worried about them because I I just feel like they've they've wasted the the DP slots a little bit mm. because you could definitely strengthen obviously DP slots they're not the, the money's not counting towards the the budget so there's money there on the table that that could be spent so you feel like maybe they could be a little bit more ambitious I don't think they were over ambitious last last year I think that's where we want to see them I I wouldn't necessarily say over ambitious. I just mean like the the overperformed. I think there's no one that can say that we didn't over. Oh no, they over they overperformed. Um, it was very tight, and they came out on top. But I I think that's they, they have to build on that, surely. Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't think they've done it to be honest. No. And uh, I think the it's a difficult second season, especially for Robin Fraser. And uh, I know that uh, you know it's not necessarily second season, but it is if you're comparing it to the amazing season they had last year. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they can how can, how they can develop. They may surprise us again. They were the surprising team of last year. Personally, though, I don't quite see it. <laughs> uh, Austin, they have brought in Felipe from DC. They've brought in Ethan Finley from Minnesota. Maxi Aruti from Houston. They're bringing in MLS players. Ben Sweat's left to SKC. Obviously, Mackenzie Gaines has gone to Charlotte. But um, are you looking at this year as, as Austin, this second season, is going right? We had the first season, it didn't quite work out as we would have thought. Let's bring in one or two MLS players who know the league, know what they need to do, and let's push on. Can you get in the playoffs this year? You know this time last year I was backing them for the playoffs because I liked what they'd done with the roster. Yeah. It didn't work. This is one of the best windows for me. Austin FC have had one of the best wow. windows. Look at the players, like Aruti, he could catch fire at Austin. That could happen. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Ethan Finley is a great sign-in. Felipe from DC United as well on a free great bit of business. I I think this roster is much better than it was last year. I I do think it's it's better. Um, I I don't know though. I think they still they still just off the pace a little bit. Uh, I think they'll be challenging for playoffs, but they'll probably finish about tenth or ninth in my opinion. But next year, if you have another window like this one, 
maybe next year is the year where they're going to really push on and challenge. But I want goals from Aruti. That's what's been missing from his game. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a different... Uh, I mean, Houston, he, he did okay, but I think, um, yeah, I think this is he can really go on to the next level, hopefully for him, uh, Austin. Um, let's talk about... Uh, well, let's talk about Houston, actually, uh, very briefly, because they've not... So they've brought in Steve Clark from Portland, so if you do get to MLS Cup, at least you know that there's a mistake there. Yeah. Um, Steros from Galaxy. Um, yeah. Zeka as well is going to be the DP. It's... It's a statement of intent. They were down there with FC Dallas, who we've already talked about. And you feel like, you mentioned Dallas, feel like they've got a bit more of a well-rounded roster. For me, Houston, jury's maybe still out. I'd agree. I think Houston, we're probably looking again at the uh, under under the line. They'll, they, they can't have another season last year because it was horrific. They've changed their head coach. So hopefully for them that they will have a better season, get closer to the line. I just, I still think they'll be uh, below it though. Um, right, running through the rest of the teams, we've got Minnesota who uh, they brought in O'Neill Fisher from Galaxy, uh, Din Lardy from Nashville. Um, but again, I mean, you could look at Minnesota and go, they've not been very active in the window. Obviously, they lost Alonso as well to Atlanta. But the, the players are there. I think we did okay last year. I think that um, they would have expected to do a bit better and build on what they've done the season before. But we still, still did okay. And I think they'll push on this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they're always, I'll always back them because I think um, they've got a great coach and I think the roster's always, always strong. Um, not been the most exciting window for them, but I, I feel like they'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, SKC have brought in Ben Sweat, uh, Russell from Orlando and uh, Beric from Chicago. So they have MLS experience, but um, you know they'll be they'll be hoping the likes of Johnny Russell can perform again. Uh, Polito's going to be a big miss for for them, especially as a DP. Uh, SKC have, have they've been like Seattle. They've been one of the the more consistent sides over the last few years. Do you see it again, or could, uh, could we see them challenging for playoffs and being a bit further down than what we've been used to? Yeah, uh, difficult, isn't it? Because I look at the like like if if Orlando would have retained Yuri Russell, I'd have been like. Why have you done that? So interesting that he's gone back home to SKC. Um, I'd, I'm, it's not one that I'd feel like they'll be too excited about, maybe on a personal level. Yeah. But uh, certainly in terms of on the field, not for me. Um, yeah, the play, the MLS experienced players that they've brought in seem fairly average. Um, let's move to Vancouver because they brought in Bellharter and Tristan Blackman. Yeah, so Berhalter not retained by Austin FC. Mm -hmm. uh, so he comes in uh, from Columbus. Uh, Blackman, I like that. I like that bit of business. But again, it's one of the better Vancouver sides that we've seen in recent years. So it didn't need a lot of work. I just, I'm a little bit disappointed there's not been a, a real big move for them because I think that could have pushed them into certain playoff territory yeah I think the former Ryan Gold's going to be big this year he played so well at the end of last season and uh, if he can continue that into this season I think that's where they can uh, push forward and um, you know if he got in the playoffs last time maybe they could uh, trouble like sort of fifth fourth place I think he's going to be vital for them um, Sartini has stayed he did well from last year as well so uh, the fans were happy about that and a bit like RSL you couldn't really change head coach after no. what they've done uh, speaking of RSL let's move on to them I'm worried about RSL I'm not going to lie 
players coming in. They've got a lot of coming from uh, their uh, USL team, the Monarchs. Monarchs, yeah. Uh, Scott Carwell's coming from New England Revolution. Um, they've only got one DP. They've lost Russ Nark. I am I'm worried for them this year. I think uh, they, they did so well in the playoffs last year. There's no doubt about that. But can they build upon it? I'm not quite sure. How do I put this nicely? Their success in the playoffs was not on pure footballing brilliance. Is that fair to say? Uh, say your next sentence and I'll say whether it is or not. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. They they knew how to get a win. And oh, yeah. you can win ugly. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know if that's going to carry you for a whole season when you've not brought in as much... Okay, I, I get that. Yeah, it's certain games that will get you mm. points. You can go, you can go away. You can nick a goal and get a one nil. But that there's no, they've not brought in enough quality for me. So, are you saying you maybe won't expect them to finish bottom of the conference, but not troubling the playoffs? I'm not expecting them to finish bottom. I just don't. I I think they're risking missing out on the playoffs there massively. Um, I I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think. Uh, who knows? They could surprise us again. But like, you know, as I said with Colorado, I I, I don't think they will, to be honest. Um, we, we need something else in there. Just, we need to replace Rusnak, in my opinion. And I know Rusnak, uh, is the, he was their best player. He could, uh, Krylak could argue about that. But I just, uh, they need to replace him. We need that second star in there. Yeah. To, to an RSL standard, they're not going to get a, a messy come Abby, but the the a star for Imagine. them. <laughs> um, San Jose. Let's uh, let's round off with them. Um, we spoke about uh, Montiero coming in on the last stoppage time episode. They've also brought in Calvo from Chicago, Jan Gregus from Minnesota, who, interesting enough, was a DP for Minnesota. He mm. won't be for San Jose. Uh, they've still got their DPs. Well, Montiero's a DP now, but they've got the other two. Um, I, some good signings there, I think, for San Jose. Uh, they, they were just, they're finding themselves sort of hovering around the line. And I think they could finish just above it this time. Yeah, I agree. There was, uh, they were on and off, weren't they, last season? And I, you feel like with these additions, they maybe would have, would have had, the, you know, got the points tally that they needed. So uh, I like it. From a team that we don't expect huge things from, I, I like those, I like those pieces. Gregus, Calvo, um, you know, Solid, solid signings. And of course, uh, Montero is, is a big, big signing. He is um, a big boost. And we spoke about it on stoppage time. The amount of assists that he's got. He is, he's averaging just under one in three, you know, one in every three games, which could be vital. But it's just a shame that Wando won't be there this year to get on the end of the, the crosses. Absolutely. But, uh, the life without Wando starts this weekend in MLS. So there we go. That's our uh, preview to the Western Conference. It looks like it's going to be another exciting season. Yes, bring on the late nights. Oh, those 4 a.m. kickoffs. So don't miss them. Um, we have to start of every year. We do this. We have a look at what the bookmakers are saying in the, here in the UK. Who's going to win MLS Cup? Um, so we're going to have a look at Bet365 this time. Who are bookmakers who are from Stoke, which is local to here. Yeah, it is. Uh, where you work. On Just the up the road. Yeah. Um, so they've gone joint favourites this year, six to one. Who do you think they've gone for? Definitely Seattle. Yep. Uh, NYCFC? Not quite. Who, in the East, mm. if NY, if you look at NYCFC, of course, won it, who would have done the second best based on, based on the regular season? That will be Bruce Arena's New England yeah. Revolution. So they've gone joint favourites. Now, you've not seen these, so uh, third favourites then. This is at 9-1. to one. Who do you think it is for Western Conference team? Ooh, um, 
Please tell me it's not Colorado. It's not. No. <laughs> um, LA? LAFC, yeah. Uh, then in fourth, you've got from the west, uh, sorry, from the east. NYC? NYC. Uh, closely behind them at 12 to 1 is another team from the east. Ooh, it gets harder now, doesn't it? It does. It's not going to be either of ours. Nope. Philly. Philly, yeah. yeah. Um, now, behind them, I'm not going to go through them all and try and guess them all, but it's... Uh, so behind them is SKC, and then LA Galaxy, 16 to 1. That's quite low, I think. I think Galaxy's probably worth a, worth a shout. Mm. Out of our teams then, Atlanta and Orlando, and <laughs> notice that I am scrolling down the page to find them. <laughs> uh, who do you think's favourites, uh, according to Bet365? Who has a better chance of winning MLS Cup? Well, it's stability versus whatever's going on at Atlanta. Orlando haven't lost any of the defence, which is interesting. Uh, I like that. That was the strength. Um, unknown quantity in attack, probably mm. fair to say. I reckon they'll back Atlanta. Atlanta, 25 to 1. Mm. Orlando, 30. 25 to 1. Oh, They've okay. gone exactly the same. So uh, they couldn't... They've listened to the MLS UK show and they think, we don't want to separate the guys. We want them on the same amount. I well, think it's harsh on both, personally. Um, well, considering that Colorado Rapids are above Atlanta and Orlando. There's so the- much money to be made over here on the UK betting sites. They haven't got a clue. They don't... They just look at the standings and go... Well, New England will probably win it. There's three teams on 100 to 1 to win MLS Cup. <laughs> Cincinnati. They're at 80 to 1. <laughs> wow. They're, so they're fourth uh, worst team, according to the bookmakers. Charlotte? Uh, no, they're not, actually. Charlotte what? are 50 to 1. Who is it then? There is two sides from the West who are based in the same state. Houston and Austin? Yep. And the other one, you might be surprised at this, uh, because we've been praising their trades coming in this year. They're from the East. Uh, they've just signed a former... Chicago. Li- Chicago, yeah. Wow. Despite the signing Shakiri, uh, they've gone for 100 to 1. So, um, so yeah, I, t- I tell you what, on the screen right now, if you watch on YouTube, I'll put all the, uh, the odds up so you can see them and see where your teams are. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. There is some money to be made if you are a betting person. Bet responsibly, we've got to say that. But especially here in the UK, because I think... They, they'll do the the you know they'll do they'll look into it of course they'll they'll uh, revise it but I think there's some there that you think especially Chicago I'm quite surprised about I don't think they're going to win MLS Cup but no I'm but I think it's harsh yeah it's very harsh um, let us know when you when you see it on the screen or let us know if you're hearing it do you agree with what the bookmakers are saying who are your favourites to win MLS Cup let us know um, I tell you what we need to we're running out of time so what we're going to do we've we've made our MLS predictions for this year mm-hmm. what we're going to you know teams who's going to win it MVP stuff like that we're going to save that till next time next okay. episode along with Poppy's kit reviews because we need to start the season mm. with our first round oh good of our predictions. If you don't know by now that I am 2-1 up over the course of a series, is I uh, wiped the floor with you last year. I've got to say that. Um, and we do uh, every before every weekend that we're on, uh, do the podcast, uh, we do our predictions for that game week. Now, if you get a right score, so let's say you said that uh, Orlando win 2-1 and they win 2-1, you get 10 points. If you say Orlando win 1-0, you get 5 points because you've got the correct outcome. Uh, we're going to continue that this year. Remember, you can message us 
Uh, tweet us at MLS UK show, Instagram. You can email us hello at MLS.show as well with your predictions for the weekend. We'll see how you do. So the first game of the 2022 MLS season is Philadelphia Union against Minnesota. Saturday, six o'clock kickoff. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's a tough one to call this one. It, these are all going to be tough because we don't know. It's the first game of the season. Anything can happen. I'm going to play it safe though myself. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I was going to go. I, my my phrase, first phrase out of my mouth was going to be, I'm going to play it safe. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Philadelphia win. Uh, Columbus versus Vancouver. Uh, home win, 2-1. Uh, I'm going to join you, but I'm going to say 2-0 to Columbus. Uh, LAFC versus Colorado. First chance for Colorado to prove us both wrong. LAFC which, for me, 3-1. Yeah, I think Colorado will prove us wrong on many occasions this year, but I think uh, and I, I, I think LAFC will win. I think it'll be 3-2, though. Okay. Uh, FC Dallas versus Toronto FC. Don't you love these cross-conference games that have been brought back this year? Yeah, we've missed these. I, mean, I, I don't know about each of the other team. I'm sure Orlando only had one, and that was SKC. Um, Toronto is such an unknown quantity now because you just go, I'm going to go draw 1-1. I think they'll win. I think 2-1 to Toronto. Uh, Austin versus Cincinnati. Um, two, two sides safely, we can say, are trying to do a lot better than they did last year. Austin for me, home win. 2-0. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I think I'll be going against Cincinnati a lot this year. So I'm going to go Austin. Um, 3-1. Okay. San Jose versus New York Red Bulls. Going to go for San Jose. I'm going to go 3-2. I'm going tight 1-0 victory. Uh, DC versus Charlotte. Welcome to MLS Charlotte FC. Uh, shout out to Google who haven't given Charlotte a badge yet. Um, DC win this. 2-0. Yeah, considering that Charlotte's head coach has said that they're not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> Getting his excuses in early. Yeah, but I, I DC, we, we've voiced our concerns about DC, but I think they'll win this game. Um, I think, I hope for Charlotte's sake that it's not a battering. We've seen new teams come in and get battered on the first uh, game, and then we've seen LAFC win, so it could be anything. But I think, I'm going to go 2-1 to DC. Okay. Uh, into Miami, play Chicago. Oh, um, I'm going to go Miami. Good start for Miami. I think it'll be it'll be two nil, and we'll have two Ray Hudson clips to play <laughs> yes. on the next episode. Love a Ray Hudson clip. Federico tries to find the bullseye, but then he sets his brother up with a beautiful, like a cork in a short name <laughs> bottle here. Like that's a cork. I thought it was a Coke last yeah. year, which makes no sense. Uh, how weird. Uh, I'm going to go Chicago 2-1. Um, Portland versus New England Revolution. Sunday morning, half 12. So I'm looking forward to this one. Returns. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. Um, how about this, though? Sorry to ruin it for you. Nil-nil. Hmm? Oh, please, no. Uh, I think Portland... Uh, Portland will want to win based on the, the last time they were at Providence Park. It didn't go according to plan. So I think it'll be... I think they'll get a 2-1. Shout out to the uh, people on the exercise bikes watching the, uh, watching the game. Uh, Orlando play Montreal Sunday, 6pm. Oh, dear. This will be my 0-0. Do you reckon? Just, yeah, just throwing it out there, 0-0. I think, I think an annoying 1-1. Okay. Uh, you have a habit of drawing your first game at home, yeah. don't you? Uh, Atlanta versus SKC. 
Got to go for my boys, Atlanta. Up the Kansas. Um, SKC, 2-0. Oh, you can shove that prediction <laughs> up your Kansas. Um, now I'm going to go 2-0 Atlanta. Okay, LA Galaxy at home to New York City FC. New York love it in LA, don't they? Um, oh, it's tough, this. 2-2. Two, two. Um, I think LA win. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three two. This will be the 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 match of the weekend. Nice. Uh, finally, Monday morning. Oh, oh, how I won't be watching these. Uh, Houston Dynamo against Real Salt Lake. Uh, it's on at midnight here in the UK. Oh God. Uh, one one. Three one Houston. Uh, finally, Seattle versus Nashville. Strong start for Seattle. I reckon Nashville. I think Nashville could take a, a few weeks to get to get properly settled. Um, so I'm going to go Seattle. I'm going to go 3-0. I'll go 2-1 Seattle. Uh, so there we go. Let us know your predictions as we head into the new season in MLS. Shout out to the sides that are in Champions League as well. Uh, we are recording this, uh, as you hear it, last week. So we don't know any scores. That's why we've not mentioned it. But uh, if there's any teams that still have a chance of going through, <laughs> uh, which hasn't been the case for a lot of first leg matches in the Champions League over the last few years, then good luck to them. Hopefully we can get a MLS winner this time. Yeah. Uh, before we go, let's round off the game with a change of name. You reckon you got it straight away? Yes. Uh, so this is a player that's played in the UK and in MLS. Started their career in 1999 in London. Played for Arsenal. 156 appearances. Uh, went on loan to Crystal Palace, played 14 times, moved to Chelsea, 229 appearances, also played for Roma before LA Galaxy in 2016, retired at Derby County in 2019. It was, of course... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, my dad's in the background, he's been watching us record this. Dad, what's the answer? Ashley Cole. Ashley, Ashley Cole. Cole. There we go. Correct. Uh, I'm, well still, I'm taking that as a point for me, though. Ashley Cole. Ashley <laughs> Cole, yeah. Um Absolutely. Well done. One one point on the board. That went better than the uh, hype and type game for you yeah. anyway. Well, well, we'll do that again another time. Um, that's it from us. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Thank you very much for watching. Remember, if you're listening on your podcast provider, then uh, give us a rating. Uh, that will be really appreciated. Appreciated. Yep. Uh, you can do it on Spotify now. You can give us five stars. You can't give us a, a review, but you can give us a rating. So please do. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the notification bell and give us a like as well. Uh, Stoppish Time will be back next week as you watch this. And then the week after MLS UK show, our main episode will return. So that's what we're doing this season is uh, we enjoyed doing the Stoppish Time episode so much. Uh, rather than have a, a, a missing week, if you will, because we're doing this every two weeks, we're going to put that in the middle. So you will be getting MLS UK show content, me and Elliot, every single week. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you to Soccer90 for uh, joining us on our journey for our fifth season. Uh, we'll catch you next week. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.